Welcome to our first new music podcast from ECS Publishing Group. I'm Mark Lawson, president of ECS Publishing Group, which includes Morningstar Music Publishers, Galaxy, and E.C. Shermer. Today we're going to look at new music for Advent from the Morningstar catalog. I have two special guests with me, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. My name is Chuck Peary, and I serve on the music selection team. And I'm Caitlin Custer. I'm the marketing director here. We're looking forward to doing a series of these podcasts where we get to introduce new things to you, and we hope it's something that you will find informative. Um, One of the things before we start listening that we have questions about all the time is about our recording choirs. And so I thought, Caitlin, why don't you talk a little bit about how we do that? Sure. Um, For most of our new recordings, we use the singers in Minnesota, and they're directed by Matt Culleton. And we really love working with them. They're just a great group. Um, We do like five sessions with them every new release list. So we've really gotten in a good rhythm of working with them. And it's just a great partnership. Yes, I I think that Matt does such a wonderful job, and it's such a great group of singers that it's just such a privilege to work with them. We should also give a shout-out to our producer, David Tremblay. Yes, David does a wonderful job in putting all this together and coordinating the whole thing. So we're going to dive right in with the first piece, which is by John Benke. And uh, John has written a fairly accessible setting of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is always really great for the beginning of Advent. So, uh, Chuck, talk a little bit about John. Uh, John is the organist at Historic Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Milwaukee. Um, he's a well-known handbell clinician and festival director. He was a professor at Concordia University, Wisconsin, retired a couple of years ago. And I should also mention as we go along that each uh, publication number is in the podcast description, so you can find how to look it up on our website. Yes, you can look it up on the website. You can uh, put in the number in the search function, and it should take you right there. Well, why don't we listen to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel? Thank you. 
really liked that two-part setting. Um, the composer specifies sopranos and tenors on the upper staff and altos and basses on the lower staff, but we think it's flexible enough you can do it any way you want in a variety of situations. It's great to have those kind of pieces that you can just dive into and depending on who you have that Sunday, figure out how to do it, particularly on this on this times when uh, the first Sunday of Advent follows Thanksgiving. That's when I think we all need those simple pieces. The next piece we're going to listen to is by Tom Trenny, and it's called I Will Make a Way. This one, I think, has a different group recording uh, it, doesn't it, Caitlin? Yeah, this is um, both Tom's choir at First Plymouth Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, as well as the Wartburg College Choir singing together. Tom is very present on the scene with both AGO conventions and conferences and is very active with ACDA. So um, many people are getting to know Tom, and he's a wonderful composer as well as conductor. Um, one of the things I really like about this piece is it's flexible for when you can use it in the church year. It's got Advent themes, but it could also be used in a uh, general way throughout the year. It particularly fits the uh, third Sunday of Advent, I think. Right, and one thing I like about this recording is there's so much of it that's done very well that you could emulate with your own choir. The The stress of the proper syllables makes the 7-H sections easier than they look on the page, and the tenors and basses have a nice sound on their upper pitches, the ledger lines of the bass clef, for example. Good. All right, let's listen to it.
recording by those two choirs. Mark, would you tell us a little bit about our next composer? Karen Maroli has contributed several things to our catalog in the last few years, and many of them have just been so well received. And she's written an Advent piece called Long Expected Dawn. Um, one of the things that's great about Karen is that she comes up with original texts, and I think that they're always so very meaningful. You don't see many composers who write their own texts uh, these days. Yeah, so, I, if can, I can jump in, I, sure. just, I think it's really interesting because uh, we know Karen also um, plays as a singer-songwriter around her hometown in Albuquerque. I shouldn't say hometown, her current town. Her current town. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. I think she's at the Central United Methodist Church in uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, that's right. So she understands the Methodist choir situation. She's been in two or three uh, Methodist churches. One of the things about this piece is it has the Advent themes of light and dark and despair and hope. Right, and she writes her texts in a precise and traditional fashion, even though they have a contemporary feeling to them. So this lends itself to a pretty comfortable expression of the text which engages the singers and the listeners. Okay. And we're back to the singers on this one.
The singers always do such a great job. That recording is a, a good example of their skill. And the next piece is by Matt Culleton and is a setting of Gabriel's message. And even though this piece has had many different uh, kinds of arrangements over the years, one of the things I like about Matt's setting is he always keeps the original melody so prominent in his settings, but allows the choir to express themselves around that melody in a great way. Yeah, he always thinks up new kind of patterns or, or harmonies for the accompaniments that make them really unusual and striking. Uh, it makes the carol seem brand new, even though the melody is quite familiar. For example, this piece is not fast. It's a more lilting, gentle setting than you would normally find for this carol. And isn't this one that he wrote especially for the singer's Christmas concert? Yes, Matt writes a new carol or two every year for their concert. And so many of those are all put into the Christmas with the Singers choral series that we publish. So if you like this one, um, you will want to go to the webpage and look up all the things that are in that series. All right, let's take a listen.
I should say that Matt is also the choir master at the House of Hope Presbyterian in St. Paul, along with his conduct, being conductor of the uh, singers. Our next piece is by Michael Larkin, who's no stranger to our catalog. He has contributed many wonderful things over the years, and this next piece is called O Savior of Our Fallen Race, which uh, is not a completely familiar Advent text, but is one that speaks to many of the different Advent themes and can be used several times throughout the year. This piece is easy to sing, and yet with the inclusion of the tune Picardy in a fairly um, sort of majestic fashion, um, it gives the piece a lot of gravitas, and the stanza used for that Picardy setting is King of Kings yet born of Mary. So again, that's why it fits Christmas, it fits Advent, it fits Epiphany. And I, I like pieces like this which have a bit of familiarity for the listeners. Uh, they may not understand and know the first tune that's presented uh, by the choir, but then when it turns to that Picardy tune, they'll get it right away. And so it kind of locks that in. So this is a, a wonderful piece. Take a listen and see what you think.
Michael Larkin did such a good job on that piece. I think that uh, it is just representative of the kind of work that he does. The next two pieces we're going to listen to are both older pieces from our catalog, but are Advent standards, and we feel uh, should be brought to the forefront again. The first one is by Richard Horn and is entitled, A Shoot Shall Come Forth. This piece is particularly good for the second Sunday of Advent, and we have it in both an SATB and SAB setting. Yeah, some interesting info about Richard Horn is that he had a very long career in church music, 54 years, um, and he's also self-taught as an organist. Some bit of trivia that I found is that he also ran a piano service business, so he's really hitting all the marks in terms of a music career. Yeah, this is a great piece, originally published in 1993. The text is straight out of Isaiah. Um, it actually hits um, the second Sunday of Advent in the Revised Common Lectionary for this year and is really one of our best-selling pieces. And I might add that we we did a new engraving of this piece, and so it looks different, uh, but the pagination and everything matches. So if you have older copies of this, uh, you won't find differences other than it looks better than it used to look. So I'm anxious to hear the singers do this piece.
The singers have also been very active in making recordings, I might add, and so there are some recordings on our website that are um, particularly good to listen to during this time of year. The last piece we're going to listen to is In So Lord Jesus Quickly Come by Paul Mons, and this is a splendid recording by the National Lutheran Choir. This is such an important piece to our catalog, and one of the questions that we often get is how many copies of this have been sold over the years? And we estimate it to be in the millions, but we really do not have complete records about this piece. It was so integral to our founding, the founding of Morningstar and the beginning of our company, uh, and yet it's one that is, seems fresh every year. And I think people always are interested in the story of how the piece came about. There was a time when their young son was critically ill and really wasn't expected to pull through. And Ruth had jotted down a text and adapted it from Revelations and had given it to Paul. And Paul actually worked on it at the hospital and at other times. Um, And their son recovered. And so they always said that it was due to the power of prayer and that made the anthem especially meaningful to them as the years went on. And actually the dedication on the piece was originally called for those who prayed for Paul and then, I mean, excuse me, those who prayed for John. And then it was later corrected or changed to for John. Well, that's a wonderful way to close our 
first podcast, our first new music podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed this time. We've certainly enjoyed having a chance to present these pieces for you. Thank you for listening.